Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. The next 10 minutes are inspired by a savings account. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the engine. There's a really big concern with the U.S. economy, not not just right now, but before the pandemic hit, there there was a big problem. Essentially, the average person only had something like, you know, 20 days or 30 days worth of savings. Like they didn't have more than I think it's 40 percent of people didn't have more than five or six hundred bucks in their in their bank account. So people really, on average, do not have a lot of cash. Now, there are people at the top who have cash. And that's that's obvious, right? Like you have the 1% and they have cash stored away theoretically for, for days or years, or some of them could, I assume, live indefinitely off of their savings. And those are people who've worked, you know, presumably, let's just say for argument's sake, they've worked really hard and, and they have that money saved up and and that's that, right? Like there's not much to say about it. Some people have money and some people don't. How they got it, it doesn't really matter. That's just the state of the world. And this leads to a huge polarization in the United States. You have the haves and you have the have-nots. That's classically how they're kind of described. You have people that are successful and and then you have people that are not successful. And the people that are not successful are being told, at least in large part if you, if you look on any kind of news platform, to distrust and dislike the people who do have money, that have been successful, right? And you see this everywhere. People are talking about, you know, raising taxes on the people, the wealthy, and, and that, that they're, you know, for instance, Amazon or, or Walmart are like robbing the average person or Target or things like that. Anyone who's offering anything less than 15 to $20 an hour minimum wage is just slave labor, all of these things. And you get really sucked into it. And, and perhaps you don't, but I do, because I I feel really worried about, I'm very worried about the destabilization of our communities and our society based on this disdain for, for people who have more than you do. And I live in I live in an area where there are tons of people that have more than I do. I mean, we're pretty much like the bottom bottom of the rung in, in our community as far as fina- finances. But but it's always weird because I'm kind of like, why would I dislike those people? Why would I, I, I'm an, I'm an SAT tutor. I work with people, almost every single family I've ever worked with has more money than I do. And they will likely always, even when you adjust for age, always have more money than I do. I mean, these were people that, that just had more. I never looked down on them. I never thought they were bad people or anything like that. But for, for some reason, it's not very popular to say, hey, that person's a good person. He just happens to have a lot of money. And maybe he went to school to become a doctor and that's how he got the money. Nobody's interested in that reasonable position. It's always, hey, they have more, they got more likely by, you know, less than moral means and that's that's how it is. And I've thought about this a lot over the last few months and it's really it's really given me pause, especially at the start of this, I started worrying about, oh my gosh, what's going to happen with those people who only have five or six hundred dollars run out of money like what what is going to happen what will we do and amazingly the things that everybody has been told which 
essentially, you know, the rich are out only for themselves. And, you know, they don't care about anyone and dog eat dog world, damn the man. These things by and large have not come to pass in my life. And and let me explain that to you. So there are, there are people that work in that, in that kind of marginal employment world. Okay. So for instance, we, we have a wonderful house cleaner. Her name's Rosabla. She comes once every two weeks. Okay. Now I, I do not know this woman personally outside of the work she does for us. She's been working with us for, for almost 10 years. She's like family. She's great. We love her every time she comes. And when this all happened, we obviously couldn't have her to our house to, to clean for us every two weeks, but we kept paying her. And my wife came to me and asked, she said, hey, look, do you mind, it would be a problem if we just keep paying her every two weeks? I said, absolutely not. Pay her, for sure. And again, she didn't ask. We just did that. And in essence, our savings account became in part Rosabla's savings account. And I have a hauler, okay, Lupe. He does gardening, he does hauling, he you know, does dump runs and stuff, and good guy to have around. He's super hard worker. And I, I throw him jobs whenever I can. You know, we had to we had to dig out a, a kind of auxiliary driveway and put crushed granite and Lupe came with his guys, did the whole thing, did a great job. Anybody needs a hauler or something like that, hit me up. I'll, I'll give you Lupe's number. But I was speaking to Lupe a couple of weeks ago and I asked him, you know, how how are things going for you? And he said, you know, actually there has been a lot of work since, you know, we figured out we can wear masks and Lupe does hauling and stuff so he doesn't have to go inside people's houses and does demo and whatnot so he can do work when people aren't there. But he said, my wife, my wife is actually, I think she's a house cleaner as well and she couldn't go to work. And I was like, oh, Lupe, that's rough. And he said, well, actually all of the people she works for, they kept paying her. And I was like, what? Really? He said, yeah, for three, four months. They just kept paying her. And I, I, I'm part of, a, of an athletic club that has also been put completely, completely on the ropes. And it's a, it's a gym that obviously people haven't been able to go to and it's a big problem. The vast majority of people in that gym, myself included, continued to pay our dues to the gym. So that business that obviously couldn't even operate, couldn't even function, continued to exist. And I've been thinking about this a lot because although I've never really trusted and never believed in the idea that it's every man, woman, and child for, you know, him, herself. I think it's really evident right now that the lies we are told on a regular basis about the way the upper class or the billionaires or the super upper class think about us or just the average person who has more money think about us, I think that's all, I think that's all crap. Now, look, are you going to, Tell me, he's like, no, Matt, there's at least one person out there that's a jerk. Yeah, sure, fine. 
that's true. There are people out there that are jerks. But I'm seeing more people take care of each other. More people that are in separate kind of socioeconomic places care for each other than, than I ever have before. I couldn't believe it. I had, a, I had a mom a few weeks back text me and say, hey, I need to, uh, I need to pay you. And her son had been in, in my SAT class in the spring, and he did not get to take the test. And I said, look, I will take care of your kid. Do not worry. It's not going to cost you any more money. You lost this test. It's not your fault. I will take care of you. I will do as much review as he possibly needs so he's ready to go. And he had to sign up, I think it was two or three times before he actually got in for the test. So we kept doing these reviews. Then his test would get canceled, kept doing reviews. Test would get canceled. So we did tons of reviews. He finally took the test. She insisted on paying me something for it. And and she didn't have to. I, I denied her several times until she was like, look, I'm not going to feel okay about this unless I pay you. And it just, it inspires me and it warms my heart to the core to know that the things that make money for the media, like sowing discontent between socioeconomic groups, trying to get people dislike each other, trying to tell you that, you know, you are the right one as far as political concepts and everybody else is wrong and they're all out to get you. All of that stuff that makes money for them by making us upset, <laughs> it's just junk. It's not the way the world works. It's not the way human beings work. And if the last year has shown me personally anything, it's that we are actually the opposite we're actually looking for opportunities to take care of each other. We're looking for opportunities to, to care for one another. And that's such a wonderful thing. And I'm sure there are people that have taken advantage of this, and I'm sure there are people who have not stepped up, and that's fine. I'm not saying everyone is great. But man, by and large, the people I'm surrounded by, the people that, that I know that are surrounded by others, we have done well with each other, seeing each other as human beings, seeing each other as in this all together. And if 2020 gave me any gift, it's knowing that. It's knowing for sure that we're not all out to get each other, that we do come together no matter what, in spite of what the media tells us, in spite of what we see on Facebook or everything else that's just outrage culture. That's not how it has played out in the real world. And more than anything, I don't know if I would know that in the absence of this grand experience. I don't know if I would know it for sure, see it firsthand. And God willing, this will be the last time I see it in my lifetime, this kind of thing. But knowing that that's reality and not everything else, it's a good thing to know. I'm Matt Todd, and this is the engine that drives me. Go out and crush it.